Hearing that story, appreciate it very much. It's good to hear those those struggles that oftentimes I feel, and uh, it's good that good to know that other people feel the same thing. It is an honor and a, a privilege to um, be with you this morning. Uh, it's great to see some very familiar faces, and it's good to see some that I haven't seen for a while. And um, it's good. Yes, Dustin, even you. It's good to see you. <laughs> happy birthday, by the way. Today's Dustin's birthday, so make sure you help tell him happy birthday. We're going to talk um, about bum bosses. And no, Dustin was not a bum boss. He was a good boss. Um, we are going to talk about bum bosses today. We're in the middle of a series entitled Accept Your Assignment. And uh, rather than looking at your job, rather than looking at your position uh, as a person and where you, what you're doing, uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago that we spend almost 65% of our lives at work. Out of the 168 hours a week, we spend about 65, some of us spend more than that, but we spend about 65% of that at work. What we do at work is part of our relationship with God. It's, it's accepting our assignment from God, um, doing our work um, for Him in the workplace. And um, so whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, retired, just in the middle of a, a workplace career, or maybe you're uh, in wh- wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are, um, God has given you a, an assignment. But what do you do when you get a boss that is just a bum? What happens when you find yourself working for a company that is corrupt to the core? Before we go there, let's look back just a bit. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, a follower of Him, we don't have a job. We, we figured this out a couple weeks ago. We don't have a job. We have a mission assignment, right? No matter where you are, God wants you there. I can't be there. Other ministers can't be there. All of Jenna's family and friends can't be there. Where you are, that's where God wants you. That's where He put you, and that's where He wants you to get busy. The path to greatness, we found out last week, the path to greatness is found in the path of service. The apostles were trying for the best position, right? We even read it this morning in, in the, uh, one of the passages we read that uh, Matthew actually explained that it, was, that it was James and John's mom that came and asked Jesus, so do you think my, my boys can sit to your right and to your left when, when you come into your kingdom? We need to realize that the staircase to heaven is oftentimes sort of an upside-down staircase to service rather than a staircase to the top. If we, want to get, uh, if we want to be great, we need to learn to serve those who don't have anything to offer in return. I said it last week, and I don't know if some of you heard it. It's been ringing in my head a lot this week. Ask yourself the question, who do you serve? Who do you serve? Are those you are serving providing a foothold in your life? Because if they are, if they're providing a foothold, if they're getting you to where you need to go financially, whether, whether they're getting you where you need to go, uh, where, whatever, whatever they're providing to you, maybe that's not the person you should be serving. Maybe we should change our focus. And I'm not telling you to stop serving those, but realize that your service to them is oftentimes of selfish motivation, right? We don't always want to serve those who can't, in turn, benefit us. We need to be careful about that. If you want to be told, pulled to the top, to the top of the chain, if you want to stay on top, 
I want to give you two secrets real quick this morning before we dive in. Proverbs 27, 18, we read it last week. It says, as workers who tend a fig tree are allowed to eat the fruit, so workers who protect their employer's interests will be rewarded. Take care of your employer. You'll be rewarded. Here's another secret we find in Proverbs 20 and verse 28. It says, love and faithfulness keep a king safe. Through love, his throne is made secure. So it's love. It's faithfulness. What is love and faithfulness? Faithfulness is simply what? Being dependable. Are you dependable? We know that God's faithful. He's dependable. We're faithful to our husband and wife when we, what? When we're dependable. It should be the same when we're on assignment at work. If you work at the top, once, once you're there, you, you sit back and you enjoy the perks and you demand that everyone else around you serve you. Most likely those under you probably want to knock you off. Did you ever play the game King of the Mountain when you were a kid? There was always a dirt hill somewhere, somewhere out there, right? Some bigger than others. And the, the whole goal of the game was to get to the top, to be that person that was standing on top. And it was a blast when you were around the bottom and you were all working as a team trying to scramble up there and pull that guy off, whoever's at the top of the hill. That game was a blast until you were the person on top. Then everyone turned against you and were gunning for you, right? You had to defend yourself at that point. Eh. Not always fun. Once you are king, everyone turns against you. You don't want to be that kind of person. I read a quote this week. I don't even know who said this. A rising tide raises all ships. Think about it. This idea of service is good no matter where you are. If you want to get pulled up, if you want to stay up, we need to become servant of all. What do you do when you find yourself in a dead-end job, an unfulfilling assignment, a bum boss, or a corrupt company? Put on the lens of accepting your assignment for, with me for just a minute. Put on the lens of uh, workplace, um, what God wants you to do in the workplace. And I want you to follow, go with me to Daniel, the book of Daniel. You know where it's at? It's after Psalms and Proverbs. God put a um, table of contents in the beginning of your Bible. Um, go there and find it and find out what page it's on. I actually put my ribbon in there, so I got there rather quickly this morning. But um, find the book of Daniel. Can you find it in your Bible? If you don't have a Bible, there, there may be some. Yeah, there's some actually back there on the table. Um, you've got an app on your phone. Pull up the book of Daniel. And uh, we're going to look at a couple of passages in the book of Daniel this morning. So once again, put on the lens of workplace. Uh, this week when I was studying this out, uh, when I was looking at this, this book, and the first, the first six chapters are, are loaded with it, um, when, I, when I put on the lens of for, in the, from looking at it from a workplace perspective, uh, it changed the way I looked at this passage of Scripture. And I hope it will do that this morning with you as well. Daniel chapter 1, um, we're going to start reading right there in, in verse 1, chapter 1, uh, the book of Daniel. Before we do that, let's look to God word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for being our God and for taking such great care of us. Thank you for giving us the positions that you have. Whether we're a, a stay-at-home mom, whether we're a, a bottom-of-the-food-chain employee just starting out, or God, if we're that CEO or that person that is leading from the top and serving from the top, God, I pray that we'll um, take these ideas and these thoughts that we're going to look at today and apply them to our lives. 
God, we want to come as we are. We know you accept us just as we are. But God, we know you don't want us to stay that way. You want us to change. You want us to become different and better. And God, I pray that this morning we can do just that. Help us to be practical in applying these things to our lives. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love how practical God's word is. Um, these, these principles and these truths we're going to look at today, uh, extremely practical, just basic, great ideas. All right. So let's look at this man, Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter one, I'll look at verse one, uh, with me in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, King of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, I can say that word. That's a really long one. How many letters is that? That's a lot of letters. Nebuchadnezzar, King of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse two, and the Lord delivered. Highlight, underline, circle, the Lord delivered. The Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, among with some of the articles of the temple for, of God. These he carried off to the temple of the God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Who allowed these things to happen? God did. This was a wicked king over a very wicked and cruel nation. King Nebuchadnezzar raided the temple and took the articles devoted to the one true God and put him in his own temple devoted to all the gods. Why did he do all this? Verse 2 says that the Lord delivered. God allowed this to take place. Look at verse 3. Then the king ordered, um, this is the one I can't say. Ash, I've said it dozens of times this week, I cannot get it right. Ashpenaz? That's my guess. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of the court's officials, to bring in uh, some of the Israelites from the royal family and, of, and the nobility. Young men with any physical defect or without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Go back to right up there, the last part of verse 4. It says, he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. What was the language and literature of the Babylonians of this time? Astrology? The occult? For three years... These intelligent young men were to study dark magic, astrology, and the occult practices of the Babylonians. Wow. Unbelievable. Verse 6, look at it. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The king official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. He even changed their names. Not only were they studying these awful, wicked, dark things, but he also changed their names. The word Daniel means that God is my prince. The word that he changed his name to, Belshazzar, is literally the devil is my prince. Put yourself in that, sho- in that place. Put yourself in Daniel's shoes. How would you feel? Wouldn't you say he had a bum boss? How about the company he worked for? Corrupt, maybe? Yeah, extremely corrupt. Look at verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official 
for permission not to defile himself in this way. Verse 9. Now God had caused the official to, to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should, why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? The king within had, uh, then would have my head because of you. <laughs> He's asking, look at what Daniel did. He asked very nicely for permission, right? He did it very respectfully. Look at verse 11. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 12. Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. He's asking nicely. He's saying, please allow us to do this. We know what happened. After the ten days, they looked better than all the others. The chief official uh, let them have the vegetables. I don't know about you, but when my employers in the past have slandered God and used his name in vain and and done all kinds of awful things, I've been tempted to retaliate, to complain, to lecture them, even to the point I've been tempted to leave the jobs. Can you imagine what would have happened if Daniel would have acted like me, or should I say most people? Do you know who I am? I'm Daniel, and I serve the one true God. You can't make me do this stuff. I have rights. There's no way I'm going to learn about your gods. And you can keep this stupid job. Arrogance could have been all over this scenario, but it didn't happen that way. With wisdom intact, he asked nicely, and then respectfully, he said, Please, may we? All the way through this first six chapters of Daniel, we don't see one disrespectful word. Look at verse 17. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Who gave them this understanding? Look at it. To these four young men, who? God. God gave knowledge and understanding about what? What were they studying? The occult, the dark magic, the dark things of this country and this culture. God gave them understanding. God gives Daniel and these boys the wisdom and insight so that they could ace the test on what? On astrology and the occult. Think about it. We even have people, we haven't had people homeschool their kids because they don't want to be, be tainted by the world. God gave the boys understanding in the occult. They studied it all. They earned the right to be heard later. Not because he ran from the situation, but because he excelled in the situation. Don't be mad at me. I didn't mean to insult you if you homeschool your kids. I'm not, that's not, that's not the point. If you want to have influence in the world, we have to have a platform in which to share that truth. Often we have to understand what the world is teaching. We have to understand. When Brad started studying evolution, and he, he started going into it, and he started digging deep, and he started asking for books, I got a little nervous. Like, why is Brad studying all this stuff? Why is he, why is he diving into all this chaos? I was scared that he was going to lose his faith and fall away from God. The thought did cross my mind. 
but quite opposite happened. Faith was built, and Brad was able to help me with my faith. Look at verse 18. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the other magicians and, magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. What were Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego what was thought of them? What was their title? What was their position? They were magicians. They were enchanters. They were just like all of the others. Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Then the story sort of changed, right? Then Uncle Benny, Uncle Benny, that's, that's the place over here. King Benny, King Nebuchadnezzar, good King Benny, began to do some crazy things, right? He had this dream, and he calls all the magicians and all the enchanters to come and tell him his interpretation of the dream. I need this dream interpreted for me, and it was very important to him. Some of you got to read part of this uh, this morning in our discussion groups. The enchanters and the magicians came in, and they said, well, well you can, uh, we can interpret your dream if you just tell us the dream. Tell us what this dream is all about. King Nebuchadnezzar says, no, you tell me the dream, and then you also tell me the interpretation. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know if anybody can do that. These enchanters are like, I don't, I don't think that's even possible. You, you need to go ahead and tell us what the dream is, and then we can interpret it for you. Like, no, I'm taking you off your head if you don't tell me what my dream is and then interpret it for me. So he calls the officials in, and he starts to say, okay, let's take these guys' guys heads off, um, and uh, we're going to send out the executioner, and uh, we're going to take care of these astrologers and these enchanters and sorcerers and magicians. Then look what Daniel did. Daniel chapter 2, look, drop all the way down to verse 14. Are you still with me? Daniel chapter 2, look at verse 14. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. You see that? Highlight, underline, circle. Wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went to the king and he asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then what did Daniel do? Oh man, I just set myself up. I just told the king that I might be able to interpret this dream. Please give me more time. So what did he do? He went back to his friends. He says, okay, let's take this, let's take this matter to God. Let's talk to God about it. God gave him the wisdom to understand the dream. I want you to read the rest of Daniel uh, chapter 1 through uh, chapter 6 this week. Focus on the way Daniel handled every tyrant, every boss every corrupt company that he had to work for. Daniel led three revivals over the course of three kings, over the course of 70 years, dealing with the worst bosses ever, the most corrupt country of all time. If you don't believe me it was the most corrupt country, don't read it now, but write this down. Write this in your notes. It's not in your notes. Revelation chapter 18, 1 through 24. Revelation 18, 1 through 24. Read it later. It talks all about Babylon and how, what a horrible place it was. Realize this. This same thing happens 
in almost every relationship, on every assignment, in nearly every company. This is why I keep saying attitude is everything. Daniel had what it took to make it, to survive, and to thrive. He applied some basic truths. These basic truths can be found all over Scripture, and we're going to just real briefly touch on five key ingredients to, to take on our assignment. Number one, there is no perfect job. It's unspoken in Daniel's story, but we get the, this idea that his job was not the greatest. There's this myth out there that, that we think that, that there's going to be a perfect job, kind of like a perfect mate, kind of like, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect job. Your high school counselor probably did a, a screening on you and uh, gave you ideas of what you would like for a job, right? Let's be real. I'll bet there's one in a hundred, maybe one in a thousand who wake up every Monday morning excited to go back to work. We don't always look forward to it. When we think we find that one good job, that one good town where there's that one good house, I'm going to take my family to this place and I'm going to live happily ever after. When we're on our, our 15th job and 15th town and 15th house, we realize that it's not that way. And we almost take it the other way. We almost think that God is cursing us, that God isn't blessing us because we aren't happy to wake up and go to work on Monday morning. Once again, I want us to realize that since the fall, we're sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. They sinned, therefore work changed a bit, right? Genesis chapter 3, look at it with me, it's on the screen. And it says to, to the man, he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you'll struggle and scratch a living from it. It will grow thistles and, and thorns for you. Though you will eat of its grains by the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you are, were made. For you were made from the dust and dust you will return. Not exactly the grand lifetime career I was expecting, right? It wasn't one I had hoped for. We live in a fallen world, and every job has its bummer side. It's not about finding the right job. It's about doing the job right. Secondly, God's in control if who's in control. Notice, Daniel, back on Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, the Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim, and he permitted him to take some of the sacred items, right? God's in control. The Lord did these things. If Daniel thought this situation was completely out of control, he would have had a, a lot different perspective. He would have had a hard time acting the way he did, conducting himself in a respectful and honorable way because he knew God was in control. Romans 13, 1 and 2, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authorities come from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So everyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Understanding this fact is a significant game changer in our assignments. Realize that your boss was placed there on purpose by God. I worked for a bum boss. This is a total jerk at times. There were times when I thought, uh, sabotage, that'll get him back, right? I thought just not showing up. But someone had taught me early on to respect authority, even if that authority wasn't respectful. I learned so much from that experience. I learned how to be fair. I learned how to be loyal. 
I wouldn't have had it any other way. If I could go back and do life over again, I would still have that bomb boss because of how much I learned about sacrifice and service of others. If you have a bum boss, if God has placed you under a a bum boss, just know he has you there to teach you something. You'll be a better servant, a better person at the end of it. If you look at your God-given assignment under this jerk and under this assignment directly, that, that God has directly put you on in, we realize that God is in control of who's in control. Our jobs will take a whole new feel. They'll take on a whole new, uh, it's going to seem different if you know that God has put them there. Well, yeah. Preacher, you say it's a, you know, like God's just got, got all this figured out. I'm just stuck in this dead end job and I can't figure out how to get out. Takes us to number three. If you can't find a better job, then this must be the best job. So embrace it. In Daniel's case, he really only had one other choice, right? Do this or we're taking off your head. So guess what? He embraced it. He said, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to apply myself wholeheartedly to it. And he did. It wasn't his fault. He wasn't the leader of his country. His nation, his people decided to go ahead and, and go against God. And that's what landed him in bondage. But what did he do with it? He graduated best in his class. We don't live in those times. Today we have all sorts of choices. To a fault almost. If you have a bum boss and work for a corrupt company, if you, if you can get a better job, do it. Get a better job. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's what usually happens. We grump and complain. We give it less than our all. And we blame God for having us work in such a bad place. Right? We, in a way, sabotage our jobs because we're not happy with them. Or we pretend to be not happy with them. Is the job really that bad or are we just whining about it? If you've given it your best and the job is still awful and you hate it, then quit. Well, you say, I can't quit. Why? Does your company have a lifetime contract on you? They probably don't. Next usually comes a pile of reasons why you can't quit. Well, there's just no other jobs out there that pay this well. Well, there's just, my family wants to live in this location. We don't want to relocate. And, 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 and these are the only hours that I can work. And so you're telling me that there isn't a better job anywhere in the world out there that would work out better for you right now, right? Then I would say you're in the best job possible. You better send your boss some flowers and stop complaining about the job that you have now. Never forget the job from hell might just be an assignment from heaven. Number four, if you can't respect the person, respect the position. We talked about this a little bit in our discussion groups. Even if your boss isn't respectable, honor them anyway. We don't honor them because they deserve it. We honor them because Jesus asked us to honor them. 2 Timothy 2.24 says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and patient with difficult people, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Have you ever seen the video um, of the, the guy? It's the Chick-fil-A employee. Um, the guy comes in, rolls in the window, um, rolls up to the window to get his free water, and uh, he's harassing the, the lady at the window. Have you guys seen that video? No? 
Well, there was 1.8 million people that saw it. Um, so I thought maybe some of you would have seen it. It was around the same time where um, Chick-fil-A was getting a bunch of harassment about their uh, non-accepting of gays and whatnot. I don't even know what the stance was or what they were, what they were trying to get accomplished. But this guy was totally against Chick-fil-A at that particular time. And so he pulled in the window just basically to harass the employee. And he videoed the whole thing. And this employee, this young lady, your name, I think her name was Kelly. Uh, Kelly responded to him in the most incredible way. I, I, I get online and try to watch it. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, she she responded, and you know how they always say Billy's not here today. It, it's my pleasure. That's my pleasure, right? Every time you say, "Well, thank you," and, and they always say, "It's my pleasure." She got that in uh, multiple times with this guy, and. And she said over and over again, well, we serve, we serve everyone. We don't discriminate. We are happy to serve you. And the bum guy was there with his, trying to get his free water. He was driving through the drive-thru on a busy day, trying to get his free water and harassing this lady. She responded with such grace and such honor. And you could say, well, well, she was getting paid to do that. She had been trained and she was getting a paycheck to do that. True. But so are each and every one of us. Not just from our employer, but from God Almighty. Have you ever considered heaven as a paycheck? It's a pretty stinking good paycheck, wouldn't you say? It's the best ever. How are we acting in our workplace to receive that paycheck? Titus chapter 3, 1 and 2 says, Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officials. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must, not avo- and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. This young lady was incredible when she res- the way she responded to this guy. You know what else? I get really irritated with everyone, particular Christians, who, who run down and disrespect our president. No, I'm not going to go political here. God put him there. We need to respect him even if you feel he's disrespectful. We need to honor the position even if we don't agree with the person. I'm not saying I agree with everything President Trump does. But I don't agree with everything I do. So, Daniel's wisdom and tact got him heard. It got him heard. He was able to present the truth. He was able to show the God of all gods is still in control. Respect the position. And lastly, if you want to be influential, become invaluable. When David was taken from his homeland as a young man, he could have curled up on himself or in himself and and played the victim. But he didn't. He made himself invaluable and he became influential. Don't give up on service after the first time. Keep going and serve for the long run. There's going to be employers that take advantage of that. There will be. Does it do you any harm to continue to serve? No, it doesn't. Remember, you have a paycheck coming. Do your employees have those silly continued education, staff employment, like updates and those kinds of things where you have to sit there and watch this video and answer these questions. Or maybe it's safety meetings you have to go to. Or maybe it's like just updates on different things that you have to go to. Yeah, 
I'm sure you can tell by the way I'm talking about them. I, I didn't like them. I don't like them. They're, not, they're just not fun. They seem like a waste of time. I hate those things. What would happen, though, if you participated and did exactly what was asked of you and served wholeheartedly all the way through? If you aced every one of those little online quizzes or you, you, did, you participated wholeheartedly in every one of those meetings, it was just the, the poster child for your company, what would happen? Would you move up in the company? Yeah, you would, just like Daniel did. And once you get to the top of the company, guess what you could do? You could take out all of those stupid things. You could just make them go away. You wouldn't have to make anybody else do them anymore. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 says, Slaves, obey your masters in all things. Do not obey just when they're watching you to gain their favor, but serve them honestly because you respect the Lord. In all the work you are doing, work, as, work the best you can. Work as if you're doing it for the Lord, not for people. Remember that you will receive your reward from the Lord which he has promised to his people. You are serving the Lord Christ. We can thrive even in Babylon. Accept your assignment even when you have a bum boss or a corrupt company. There's no perfect job. God's in control of those who are in control. If you can't find a better job, then this must be the best job for you. If you can't respect the person, respect the position. If you want to be influential, make yourself invaluable. Here's the challenge. This week, every single morning, act, act, act as if God has slipped you a piece of paper under your pillow and has given you your assignment for the day. Pray over that assignment every single day. God, I know that this is what's going to happen today. I know this is what my assignment's going to be. Some of you may have jobs that are completely unpredictable and you have no idea what's coming then that's what you should pray. God, I know I have no idea what's coming, but you do. God, bless my assignment today. Allow me to fulfill my assignment to the best of my ability. That's the challenge. Take every single day as a new assignment and um, do the best you can to serve an almighty God. We're going to close in prayer and, um, and then I want to show us a video. And uh, once the video is done, we're all dismissed. It's just kind of a fun video about work. Um, hopefully, the video will play today. Uh, appreciate you being here this morning, and uh, it's an honor to to be a, a part of of you. It's part of who God is, and, and serving Him in this way, um, it's a real privilege. And uh, so, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for your attention. Most of you stayed awake, even, and that's fantastic. So let's be. No, let's just. Just stay seated so you can watch the video. I'm going to pray and then we'll watch this video. God, thank you so much um, for, for being such a, once again, such a great and awesome God. We thank you for the privilege it is to, to be on your team, serving right where you've assigned us. God, I pray that we can take these things and apply them to our lives and be a better employee tomorrow. Uh, God, if we're an employer, God, help us to be a better employer tomorrow because of the things we've heard. God, thank you for the honor it is to be one of yours. I pray that as we leave these doors, we'll be better people, we'll be changed people, we'll be people more on fire for you. Um, God, and we want to make you great, we want to bring you glory, we want to make you smile. So give us that opportunity um, this week and help us to accept that opportunity and um, do the best we can with it. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Is it going to work?